I really decided to keep it simple this week, and I was telling the servers in the sacristy before Mass that I think I had probably a three-minute homily. But uh, C.T., who is in his freshman year at the College of, well, not the, uh, the University of Virginia, right? That other university in Virginia. I went to, I went to William and Mary, right? Uh, he was a little disappointed that the homily was only gonna be about three minutes, right? So I told him, you know, this is the zeal of these young students today, right? I said, you know, CT, I'm, I'm, I can talk all night about the baptism of the Lord. I mean, we're talking about some deep and rich theology here. Instead of three minutes, I can do 23 minutes, I can do 33 minutes. So, what do you think? <laughs> do I just... Let's get started. The celebration of the solemnity of the baptism of the Lord concludes the Christmas season. As you can see, we're still fully decorated here in the church because, of course, the purpose of the incarnation, the purpose of the birth of Jesus is our salvation. This baby is born to die. Now, beautiful, we see these two images of the Lord here. The beginning of the incarnation is his birth, and then the fullness of the reason he was in incarnate, which is his passion, death, and resurrection. This baby was born to die, that is, in order to save us from sin and the ultimate consequence of sin, death, and to make us one again with God, to enable us to share in the saving grace of God. That's what he was born for. That's what he died for. And that saving grace of his, that life of God, which he came to bring us through his incarnation, comes to us beginning with our baptism. God heals that wound, he, that is, he forgives that sin that was brought about by our first parents, that terrible original sin, which was such a profound rejection of God's grace and his friendship and love that it marked all of humanity after them. Jesus comes to save us from that original sin and to pour his love, his life, his grace, his forgiveness, his very being into our hearts reconciling us to him and making us one again with him. And so in all four Gospels, we see that Jesus begins his public ministry himself by being baptized. Why is he baptized? He doesn't need to be baptized, right? His humanity is perfect because he receives his perfect sinless humanity from his immaculately conceived mother who herself is conceived without sin through a singular grace. But as we hear in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells John the Baptist, let us do this to fulfill all righteousness. That is, Jesus doesn't need to be baptized. He does so to serve as an example for us. Everything that he says teaches us. Everything that he does serves as an example and a model for us. How do we follow that example? Well, of course, if we're parents, we should have our children baptized, as the church teaches, within the first few weeks after they are born, so they can share in the grace of God from the most tender age as they grow. If we have relatives or friends who are unbaptized, then we should share with them the good news that Jesus brings through the grace of baptism, the good news of his saving grace, of his love that all are called to share through the grace of baptism. And if we ourselves are already baptized, then we should pray every day that we will always be faithful 
to that baptismal grace, to that sanctifying grace, to that saving grace that we have received, and never reject it through serious sin, never turn away from God and reject His love and His grace. And we should also pray every day as we begin our day that we might always be fully mindful of our dignity as sons and daughters of God through the grace that we received beginning in our baptism. Imagine how different our lives would be, how different our families would be, our workplaces, our communities, our schools, our nation, our world, if every Catholic Christian always went about their business fully conscious of their dignity, fully conscious of the fact that they are dwelling places of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, indeed bearers of God because of the grace, thanks to the grace of baptism. <coughs> my friends, the Lord says to us through the prophet Isaiah, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am pleased, upon whom I have put my spirit. My friends, he is pleased with us because he has been pleased to put his spirit upon us, to share his very life with us. We have received the saving grace, the love of the spirit of the Father and of the Son. Let us live by that grace and never lose it through sin. Not returning to sin, but loving God and neighbor as he has taught us by being faithful to his law of love, which are his commandments. That is, those commandments that give us the grace, that help us to live the way God has shown us to live. As he has poured himself out in love, we are called to follow his example and pour ourselves out in love by being faithful to his commandments with the power of the grace we received in baptism. If we are faithfully living the commandments, if we are faithful to God's love, as the Father said to Jesus, so he says to us, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, with you I am well pleased. Amen. Amen. What was that, about four minutes? Amen.